What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 4-8-Men Podcast. Uh, I'm Christian, as you well know. Maybe you don't know that, but that's who I am. Uh, and I'm so thankful that I have my good friend Jonathan Pacluda on the podcast today. You might know him as JP. He is a husband, a father, and a pastor, and author, a uh, six foot seven dynamo. Uh, he is just he is he is all the things, and I'm so uh, thankful that he's able to join me today on the podcast. So JP, welcome and thank you. Man, it's so good to be with you. How, how how's everything going, man? Man, everything is going good. Uh, honey turned seven months a few weeks ago. Actually, by the time this comes out, she might be eight months, almost, something like Let's that. Let's go. Happy eight-month birthday, honey. She's a cutie, man. Man, she is. She is so sweet. And I see a lot of Christian and honey. I, I don't know how that makes Sadie feel because I, you know, I know that everybody wants their baby to look like them, but I, that's definitely your child. Well, it's so funny because she has like... So she, it's so weird because if you look at her, she looks just like me. But if you look at the features, like she has Sadie's dimple, she has Sadie's eyes and Sadie's nose, but somehow she looks just like me. And it was so funny. This was probably about probably a few months ago. Um, so my mom has brown eyes and Sadie has brown eyes. And uh, everybody always just says, oh my gosh, she looks just like the, she looks just like the, the father. She looks just like Christian. Which it makes me laugh because when people say she's adorable, she looks just like her dad. I'm saying you're saying that I'm adorable. Yeah, so let's go. That's what I'm joking. But my aunt said uh, she went up to Honey. She was like, "Oh my gosh, Cherie, she has your eyes." And Sadie was like, "The one thing I can get credit for, I'm not getting. I'm not getting credit for it." It was man, so you're trying funny. to take that. Trying to take that from Sadie. It was man. so funny, but. Um, I- I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about some you know other things, uh, but can I ask you two questions on the front end? Of course, I would love that. Man, what's it like having Big Willie style as your uh, as your father-in-law? Dude, he is. We're actually like we're actually like best friends. It's pretty funny. Um, so me and him, we lead a uh, we lead a ministry together at our church. It's called the First Steps Room. It's just a simple. Um, I don't want to say simple, but it's an evangelism class that we teach every Sunday after both services. And if you have a question about your faith or you raised your hand or you want to learn more about kind of what this is you're getting into, that idea of cost of discipleship, we really just lead people through what the gospel is and uh, just make sure that they actually have a firm foundation in what they believe in. And we, uh, me and Sadie are over there all the time. He cooks. He's the best cook ever. He he'll go shoot these wild exotic animals, then he'll come back in town and he'll cook them for a few weeks at a time. Um, but he's awesome. I, I obviously I watched the show before me and Sadie met, and uh, he's he's the real deal. He's super authentic, super super awesome. So my question attached to that was, uh, so when you showed interest in his daughter, was he like, hey, let me show you my gun collection, and and he's. Was the need of that go down? Well, it's kind of funny because the only so their house they have a beautiful house, and the only room that he ever is in is his little man cave, which is I say little it's a pretty big room, um, and there's just deer heads all over the room. There's like black buck. There's rams. There's all kind of like exotic animals that throughout the years he's killed. He's like he's like I'm a good shot. Yeah, yeah, and there's I mean there's. There's axes and, and, and guns, and there's all kind of things everywhere. So that's really the only place he ever hangs out with. But it's funny because every time we go over there, everyone's always in his man cave. So it's really 
less of a man cave. It's really just kind of like the little social hub. Um, but I, I'd only really met him two, I think probably two times before I asked him if I could marry Sadie, just because me and Sadie were long distance. And she was in Nashville, I was in Auburn there, and obviously in Louisiana. Um, so we had a little distance issue, but we had uh, hung out a few times, and um, we've gotten super close since we moved back here. So it's been great. I mean, I feel like me, you, Willie, and uh, like Shane Everett. I don't know if you know him. I feel like we just all got to hang out. That's that'll be a good. We time. do need to. Well, I got, I got, I got, I got. I don't say super close. If he ever heard this, but we got pretty close. We did. Um, we went to an event together um, a few months ago in uh, Jackson Hole. He's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He, he is, told me about he that. Is, That's yeah, he was showing us. He was showing us all of his deer, all of his deer footage that he's wanting to go do, and or all these pictures of these deer that he's wanting to go try to hunt. He, he got yeah, it. He he, he, he was hilarious. The, he just got no, a big he did. Buck, but yeah, he yeah he killed the deer of his lifetime. But anyways, oh, hilarious because he was showing he was showing me this picture onward. Um, but yeah, I love I love being in their family. They're awesome. Um, but we actually do need to do that. And Willie's a huge tennis player, so maybe we can all get together and play tennis sometime. Me, 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 and you versus Willie and Shane, or pickleball. Less l- less running. Um, well, speaking so well speaking of running, um, we could talk about fitness here for a little bit. And, and I know that uh, that working out is maybe not your primary forte. Um, but I do see some of your uh, some of your Instagram stories of you working out in the gym, and I see you at every Baylor basketball game and football game. So clearly, I know that you love sports and you love athletics. Uh, but what is your background with fitness, and did you play any sports growing up? Man, I played everything, Christian. So I, as you said, I'm six foot seven, and I probably weigh two fifty five today. And I graduated high school at six seven and was about a hundred pounds less. So I was I, th- I was probably like 165, and so I played. You know I, I I did I did tennis, track, high jump, long jump, basketball, football, and then I quit athletics my senior year. I mean I did not have my act together. I was I was lost as an Easter egg. Uh, I was a, a thug, you know, and just barely graduated. Didn't know Jesus. You know, went to church. I was a churchgoer, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus at the time. I, and I and I mean I was I never like I grew up on a farm. My dad and I we were never like throwing the ball in the backyard. So sports weren't my thing. I mean I was I was completely distracted by girls and trying to graduate. And then when I got in college, I got into lifting and again not walking with the Lord, but you know just doing whatever I could to try to put on weight. And I mean whatever I could, legal and illegal. And then. Um, and then I became a Christian after college, and I've always been into martial arts, which is interesting. You know, that's not your run-of-the-mill sport. But then I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu after college, and that's where like just had my heart. Like I loved doing that as far as exercise goes. But I've never, you know, I say I don't, I don't even enjoy running errands. So I, I'd probably be the most workout adverse, sports adverse person that you'll ever have on the podcast. I do love Baylor. We moved to Waco, and so we follow Baylor closely. Went to the Big 12 Championship, go Bears. Uh, we're going to the Sugar Bowl, and go Bears. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely support them. And I work out out of necessity, man, because I just – it's unbelievable. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I just pushed 41 years 
of age and uh man you you have to take care of the body that's what the scripture says do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who's in you who you've received from god you are not your own you've been bought by a price therefore honor god with your body and so i if i don't do something physical if i don't eat well if i don't take care of the temple i feel it more than ever and everybody says that now i'm the old guy saying that but uh but yeah man that's that's for real yeah. Well, I love that. And because, you know, like we talked on the phone the other day and even really this, the hope of this podcast, it really is like the faith far gets prioritized over the fitness. And I love even out the gate that you're that you're open and transparent that that uh, that maybe it's not your most enjoyable thing to, to do, but but you feel like um, you need to go do it. And that's your why. I think a lot of people um, don't really have that why, you know, they want to go do it whether it's to you know to look good or do it to do a certain way but i love that you're wise because that that's when you feel the healthiest and that's, that's when you feel the best yeah man for sure for sure well are there are there are there any aspects of it that you enjoy doing you know like i said i like to roll around so like the you know spar is, is they call it rolling in brazilian jiu jitsu or jiu jitsu uh, that's fun. I'd like to get under the bench and push things up. I, mean, I, I like, I enjoy lifting weights. Um, and so I don't mind being sore. It is that, uh, just that when you're doubled over and you want to throw up cause you're just completely just exhausted that feeling right there. I just hate that feeling. And you, you know, and then when you bring kids and, and you know this with honey and it's just going to get crazier and crazier, but, uh, we've got three little ones, you know, and, and so we got, you know, they two of them have 5.30 a.m. basketball practices, and you try to get that quiet time in, prioritize. I mean, it just, the margin to work out gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's why to your listeners, I would just say, like, you've got to figure out what your big rocks are, and you got to put your big rocks in there. And so, like, the big rocks for me is, like, every day I'm going to get in the Word of God. That's a big rock. Like, nothing's going to compromise that. And so if, if I don't do anything else, right, I'm going to get in the Word. I always, and, and for me, I say no Bible, no breakfast. And so I love food, but I can't eat until I've, I've feasted on the Word of God. And, though, and, then, and then, you know, three times a week, that needs to be working out or something active, active for me to, to make sure that I, I'm taking care of, of the temple. And for, I know for some of you, unlike you, I mean, you probably three times a day, I've seen the biceps, bro. I mean, uh, you know, I don't work out. No, no, I don't No, I mean, listen, if I'm going to be transparent, you have to be transparent. (laughs) I work out, I I, I work out five days a week. My man, my man is swolled up. If if you guys don't know, dude is swole. I mean, beast mode over there. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's a, we, I have a love hate relationship with all activity and uh, I love food. And uh, I don't enjoy the gym, but I think you know somebody gave me this advice once. They said you got to make it fun. You got to realize. You got to figure out what you do enjoy. And so for me, that was always Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It's funny, Monica and I were talking about this last night. And so I, I'm actually thinking about going back and just you know joining joining a um, some sort of dojo or martial arts place. That's awesome. Well, all my strength training, I don't think would have anything on your Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Well, I, I got about 30 seconds of fight in me. If I haven't won in 30 seconds, I'm not going to win. <laughs> well, hey, that's a good that's a good uh a good thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah, for sure. So, cuz I know that we, you know, just pretty much right out the gate just talked about really just that whole, you know, prioritizing um 
you know, just our, our, our spiritual health, our physical health, um, or our spiritual health over our physical health. And I really, you know, that really is, like I said, the hope of the podcast. You said that at least three days a week, um, you go try to get that work in. And it's really like, how do you create this mindset of like, every time I go train myself physically, whatever the root of that is, whether that's I want to, you know, look good, or I want to go compete, or I want to go perform at a high level. Whenever you go to do that physical training, your mind instantly goes to, okay, well, what am I actually doing for myself spiritually? And I know for me, that's been such a huge thing in my life of like, every time I go in the gym, I can't lift a weight or I can't be physically active without thinking, okay, what am I doing for my soul? Um, and I know that um, that's become you know a, a, a quiet time for me with podcasting, with sermons and with worship music. Um, but what would you say to that person who, um, you know, because I feel like we have a broad audience of people who maybe are tuning in for more of the faith and maybe someone who's tuning, tuning in for more of the fitness. But how would you challenge the person who maybe at this point in their life, they've prioritized their fitness over their faith? Well, I mean, your, your podcast, you, you call it the 4-8 podcast, correct? The 4-8 men podcast. Yeah, the 4-8 men podcast. And so that's, um, that's from First Timothy 4-8? Yep. So for physical training is of some value. But godliness holds value for all things, and so the the scripture. So I believe, man, I'm a pastor, like first and foremost, right? And so that I never knew I was going to be a pastor. I come from corporate America, but you know, for the past 15 years, I've been a pastor and, and plan to die being a pastor, and um, and and so I'm a simple guy. I, I believe that there's a God, a Creator of the heavens and the earth. I believe that he, that God is the Christian God that He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for our sins, that he raised him from the dead, and that if I trust in that payment through his son Jesus Christ as a payment for my sins, then I don't have to pay for my sins, and I'm going to be with him forever. I don't believe he's left us here to flounder, but he's given us this instruction manual, if you will, these six, this collection of 66 books we know as the Bible. And in that Bible, the, the owner's manual, the instruction manual of navigating this life it tells me that a training to be godly is more valuable than training to be physically fit. And so I have to make sure that my values align with God's values or, or I'm out of whack. If I care more about a six-pack than I, than I uh, do memorizing Deuteronomy 6, that might be a problem. If I care more about eating well uh, you know, all the kale, if you will, more about feasting on God's word, then, then my priorities are not aligned with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And in the same way that we started that with this idea that I don't like working out, there's something else. As a pastor, a, a professional Christian, if you will, I'm compensated by the church to teach people the Bible. Like that's that's what I do for a living. And I will tell you, that I don't enjoy reading the Bible. I don't enjoy reading anything. Like reading is a grind for me. I mean, I've written several books and, and it's it's funny because I don't enjoy reading books. I say leaders are readers and I'm always like, not this leader. Uh, leaders are learners, but just reading is a total grind. So I listen to a lot of books and reading the scripture, even the scripture, is hard, but I do it every single day because this because that book, the scriptures, tell me that I'm to discipline myself for godliness. 
And so for anyone that's listening that's like, hey, but I don't enjoy reading the Bible. It's not fun. I don't always get something out of it. I would just say it doesn't need to be fun. You don't necessarily need to always get something out of it or to realize that you're getting something out of it. But we do it out of a discipline that the Holy Spirit is taking the Word of God and conforming the man or the woman of God to the likeness of God through the Spirit of God. And so in, in reading the scriptures, the Spirit of God is, is using those words on a page to do something in our hearts and in our minds. And I think it's so important to understand that, that we don't do so out of an act of legalism. We don't do so to get something from God, but because he's given us all things in his son, Jesus Christ, and he, he calls us to know him through his word out of a discipline to become godly, we do the we do the spiritual disciplines. We read the word. We we pray. We live in community. We we are members of a church, right? We exist as Christians. And the problem is, a lot of your listeners, you know, they're members of a box. You know, they're they're mem- They've got multiple gym memberships. You know, different studios, and uh, and and places where they work out. And yet, and maybe they go to church or they listen to church, or they watch church, but they're not members of a church. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he calls you to be a member of the church. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, he says, do not forsake the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, but continue to encourage each other all the more while you see the day approaching. Man, that's so beautiful. And, and I love, I love even how you just touched on that on, at the end there, because it just made me think. I was I was at the gym probably about a year ago. Now at this point, and I was doing a lift, and I, I needed a spot on a, on one of the lifts. And um, I asked this guy who I'd seen up at the gym. He worked he worked he worked up there, and I asked if he could spot me. And he said, Yeah, he was super kind and gracious to come help me out. And um, we got into just a little conversation, and I asked him where he went to church, and he said that uh, he said that he hasn't been back to church since COVID. And I said, uh, well, you know, you work up here at the gym, so you're, you're around people all the time. Uh, if, if you can work up here, then I think you can maybe get back into church. And he was like, you know what? I actually have never thought, of, I, he was like, I haven't thought about that. And then uh, I was like, well, I'm, I'm always here if you have any questions or if you want to, you know, talk through anything. And then three months later, he was like, hey, about what you said a few months ago, let's go get coffee. And we went and got coffee. Then three months later, he saw me at the gym. He was like, hey, I'm ready to get baptized. Um, and it was just it was just such a cool moment for me just to kind of really get to witness to someone at the gym, which is kind of a lot of times, which is really, I feel like what catapulted me to want to start something like this was just, I, I, I kept feeling like the Lord kept, kept opening doors for me to get to minister to people, um, whether at the gym or through fitness or through a sporting thing or something like that. And that was just really such a huge thing for me of like... Um, he wasn't in church because he was afraid of something, but yet he was in this other setting, and uh, he just needed to get plugged back into you know in, in, into where he was prior. And even at, at the beginning, how you started this with like you went to church, but you you did you didn't have a relationship. And I feel like I don't feel like I know that was me. I mean, I went to Sunday school. I did you know all those things. I was heavily involved in church. I led I led Bible studies in church, but I had no relationship. Um, with Jesus at all. And, and you even mentioned that you, you know, you never would have saw yourself being a pastor. Um, and I've heard your testimony is pretty powerful and it's pretty, uh, I feel like similar to mine in, in a few ways. Um, 
but even just that statement, you know, that you didn't think you didn't, you didn't ever see yourself becoming a pastor. What, um, kind of what took place in your life and, and where did, where did you really find that relationship with Jesus for you? Yeah. So I, um, I was raised in the church, man. I went to, I went to a church school, uh, for nine years. I went to church on Friday. I went to church on Sunday. Uh, I was a part of a, a youth group, you know, I did all the things and, and I, I don't know what it was, but I, my impression of God was he was just this like sheriff in the sky that, you know, he was going to get me if I did something wrong. And so when I went off to college and now I have all of the freedom of being out of the home and away from mom and dad, and uh, I start doing all the things wrong. You know, for me, it was, you know, they say drug, sex and rock and roll. And for me, it was drug, sex and hip hop. And I'm just like, you know, running around, getting drunk chasing girls doing all the things and uh and so then i um i just like god just feels so far from me he feels so far and i um i i would i would always say my prayers at night but like at this point i was like saying my prayers and it just felt like they were bouncing off the ceiling like nobody was listening you know and so I, I just kind of embraced, like, hey, that's college. That's what you do is you just kind of run around and, um, and you know, you figure out the God thing later in life. And I imagine there's some people out there listening that that's what they think is like, oh, at any point I can go back to God. The problem is I look back on those years and I just I, I have so much regret. I have so many scars. I have things that I, I really wish I would have done different. But I, I moved to Dallas after college and I was at this club 20 years ago and someone invited me to church. Now here's who's going to church that day. So I go, I'm hungover, I've got a headache, uh, I smell like smoke from the night before. Um, I'm completely enslaved to pornography. Like I'm not even struggling with porn. Like I've just given myself to porn. Uh, I'm, I would take off work at times to just look at porn all day long. You know, um, I'm, I've got uh, sexual addiction marks me, you know. And, uh, and I just, I love the things of this world. All the while, if you would have asked me, I would have been so crazy to tell you that I'm a Christian. That is, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, now I wasn't following Jesus. Like, there was nothing in my life that was actually following Jesus. But I just meant, hey, I'm American. You know, I go to church. I'm a Christian. And so I go to this church and I begin to wrestle with like, wait a minute, man, if there's a God and I'm going to die and I'm going to go somewhere, like I got to figure out who that God is. And really when I, I began, so like deconstruction is a big buzzword right now. When I began my own deconstruction journey with that, it just looked like hitting reset. I just like, I'm going to figure out what I believe. That's all. Like, I don't forget everything I know. Let me erase the whiteboard. I looked at the Hindu faith, the Buddhist faith, the Jewish faith, the Islamic faith, Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Church of Christian Science, Scientology. And in that journey, I kept tripping over this guy, Jesus Christ, that 2021, 2022 years ago, he reset the calendar. Like we started counting over from his birth. Like he's the single most polarizing character in the history of history. This guy, Jesus Christ. I've, I've been on a boat for six days down the Amazon River to get off in, in a village only to try to tell someone about Jesus and they already know about him. You know, the, he, his message has covered the world. And when I trusted in him, I was like, why did he become so famous? Well, it's because he did this thing that not a lot of people have done. He died a brutal death. He was tortured publicly naked on the side of the road, killed. He was put in a tomb, a grave, 
And then he showed back up. And Paul says over 500 people saw him. And I realized that that on the cross, like that was for me. See, I thought I, I'm not going to be able to get to God because I'm a sex addict. I'm a porn addict. I'm a drug user. I'm an alcoholic. I'm not going to be able to work my way to God. And and when I realized that God came here to save me and like he paid the price for my sin so that I don't have to pay for my sin. And I trusted in that everything in my life changed. Like my joy changed, what I did for fun changed, who I hung out with changed, the way I talked changed, the way I dressed changed. Ultimately, what I did for a living changed. Because see, I was everything wrong with Dallas in a person. I wanted to be a millionaire before I was 30. I was chasing the dollar, I was climbing the corporate ladder. And when I met Jesus, man, everything changed. My priorities changed. And so, uh, and, and, you know, I got involved in a church. I got in a life group, a small group. I began to confess sin. James 5.16 says we're to confess sin to others and have them pray for us. I began to, to heal from my pornography addiction and find life. And so, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's kind of how that happened. Five years later, I went into ministry. Uh, the Lord called me to be a pastor. That's so beautiful, man. I love, I, I just, you know, I really resonate with that story. I really love that story. And even just what you shared, cause I was, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago just about this idea and, and you just kind of hit on it, but we tell time based off of Jesus. Like, like you said, that when, when this comes out, it'll be 2022. So this man revolutionized history. He's the most polarizing f- figure ever. Like you said, and he was only known for three years. Like that to me, just that it just, it's so mind boggling that like, if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four gospels, it's a three year snapshot of his life. And he was only known publicly, he was only known publicly for three years. And like, how do you, even, even like you said, he appeared to 500 people. Even if you play the game telephone with 10 people, you know, the message is different by the time it gets to the 10th person. And how, just that idea of 2,000 years later, you're in Waco, I'm in Louisiana, and someone could be listening to this around the world, and, 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 and we, ha- we, we share the same message, we have the same, the same core values, and we believe in the same Jesus, and it's just so crazy that the story hasn't changed. For the last 2,000 years, it's been the same. The Gospels are the same. Why he came to the earth has been the same, and it's just this that idea that he was only known for three years and everything in history changed because of his life it's 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 remarkable yeah man big facts yeah and that's i mean just like i said when i began to try to understand like because in christians they was always like take a step you gotta you gotta have faith you gotta have faith you gotta have faith and i'm kind of like doubting thomas you know i want to put my finger in the holes in his hands to make sure that it's jesus and as I began to look at the evidence, I was pretty blown away that, you know, the Bible is 80, 80%, 85% history. So when it says this place, you know, there was a war. I mean, there's that place. There was that war. There was that king. There were those people. It, it, I mean, even atheist historians will use the Bible to help us understand what was happening in ancient times. And so it, it really is an accurate book. And the problem comes into play when you begin to talk about the resurrected Lord, but we have writings outside the Bible that talk about Jesus. I mean, Josephus Flavius calls him a man. He goes, if it is even lawful to refer to him as a man, this is a Jewish historian. This is not a Christian that writes this about Jesus. Tacitus writes about Jesus. And so there's other, there's other books outside 
of the scriptures, the Bible as we know, that also reference this historical character named Jesus. And like you said, we really just have a snapshot of his three years of ministry. And then he died. He, he, he was killed. And the reason he was killed was for us. And so as we, you know, as we go and do heavy lifting, as we try to, you know, take care of our physical bodies, I think it's very important that we renew our minds around that reality. In fact, one of my uh, favorite scriptures is Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love that. That's so awesome, man. And so if if if, if you don't know, um, if well, I'm sure you know who JP is, but if you don't, he actually has a Q&A that he does every Friday, and he answers, um, I mean, sometimes... It, Sometimes the the little things within your story are so microscopic that I'm like he has he has to have answered at least a hundred questions today. Um, but just that idea of like you you so you're so consistent with that and and you answer really tough questions that people ask. So I feel like this is something that's super prevalent in our culture right now and, and in our society. Um, but being a pastor and also and you know always always being truthful to the word. How do you? Um, fight against that idea of cancel culture while still remaining truthful to the word. Yeah, man. Here's how I fight against cancel culture, Christian. I expect to be canceled. And so I'm not afraid of it. I'm not running from it. Like at some point, you know, I'm going to be canceled. I read an article the other day, you know, that referenced me and, and said that I believed something that I don't believe. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Like they shared my opinion that wasn't my opinion. I was like, huh. I wish somebody would have told me that that's what I thought, you know. And so at some point, you know, that you know, you can cancel somebody today. It doesn't have to be true. Uh, at some point, somebody will be in power, in a position of power, will be really frustrated by the way that I talk about a, a narrow path to eternal life, a, a narrow gate to enter through that is the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. And I understand that that can be offensive. And it may not be that that they use to cancel me. It may be something else that they bring against me. Uh, you know, I hope it's not true uh, in, unless it is the gospel. But whatever it is. And so that, that's just the way I think about it is like, all right, one day. Until then, I'm going to run the race marked out for me. I'm going to have my, drink, my, my, my ministry poured out like a drink offering. And, uh, you know, leave it all on the field, if you will. And so uh, I want to love people, though. I don't. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to use like the banner of being a prophet or a truth teller as as an excuse to be a jerk. I want to be kind. I want the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, to pour from my life: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. But leadership is a commitment to being misunderstood, which means that the the more. God gives me the opportunity to speak to the masses like he has given you. Uh, the more people are, are going to see my mistakes. Uh, the more people are going to disagree. The more people are, are going to misunderstand. Like you referenced Friday Q&A. So every Friday I get about 2,000 questions and I answer anywhere between 50 and 100. And, and you know, some of them are thin answers to really thick questions because of the nature of the venue or the forum. 
Uh, I, I only have a small space to type, and I know that. I'm choosing my problems, right? Uh, I, I can't write a term paper answering, you know, is masturbation a sin, or uh, what do you think about premarital sex, or dispensationalism, or Calvinism, right? Or, or, or you know, First Timothy 4.8. As I attempt to answer those questions, uh, I have a small space, and so some people are going to be like, man, that's a really thin answer to a thick question, and I get that. I'm choosing my problems, and I'm just doing the best I can with what yeah. I have. Well, that's awesome. I know that I've gotten a ton out of them, and I know Sadie has, John Luke has, Corey has. I know that everyone over here in the Robertson clan always talks about your Friday Q&As on Friday, so I love it. Well, real quick, I want you to, I want you to kind of speak to us as men just for a quick second. I want you to... Um, if you can, and I feel like you will be able to, but what are some things that you see in um, kind of just in our generation that you think we need to urgently work on and things that you would also encourage that, that you feel like we are doing a good job yeah. in? Is, is uh, Do you know if your listeners are married or single or um, I know we're just getting started. I think they're all, all, all across the board. I know that I know that a lot of the people that follow me that are women and I try to encourage their boyfriends or friends or husbands or fiancés to, to, to tune in. But I think it's a lot of all, all across the spectrum, married men, but also yeah, man. just single guys. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes you talk about the, the I've heard people talk about the sin of Adam uh, being apathy. So like, like God gave Adam the instruction to not eat the fruit of the tree, uh, that if you do, you will surely die. And he sat there passively by as Satan, the deceiver, offered it to Eve, she took it, she ate it, she offered it to him, and uh, and and so it's like, what did what did you know? Some will say, well, Eve, you know, Eve ate the fruit, and it's like, man, Adam watched her, man, he didn't say anything, and I see in men today in 2022 just this incredible passivity. So, girls, for singles. Uh, single guys, you know, girls are saying, well, guys don't ask us out. They don't engage. They don't initiate, right? They're just playing video games. Now, some of that uh, is, the, some of that's not fair. I understand it's generalizations and stereotypes. I get that. But we need to, with all insults, uh, you know, we need to look at it and examine our heart and say, okay, what of that is true? How can I take more initiative? How can I remove confusion? Leaders remove confusion. How can I pursue purity? How can I actively you know, build my relationship with the Lord? And I just think the enemy wants to discourage. Satan is real. The devil is real and he hates you. And he wants to push you to a place of complete apathy where you have no drive and no desire and no ambition. And, and I'm not talking about selfish ambition like Philippians 2 addresses. I'm talking about godly ambition, holy ambition, to, a desire to do something, to push back darkness, to build the kingdom, to, to live a life that matters a hundred years from now and a hundred billion years from now. That you would actually think, you know what? There's a God and I'm going to meet him. And this world as I know it is temporary. And I'm going to be with God forever and ever and ever. And every conversation that I have centered around Jesus Christ is going to matter in eternity. And so I think we have to grow in our ambition, grow against apathy. I think uh, grow against passivity 
and and just honor women man like that's what i see guys not doing this the devil's so crafty in the way that he feeds us lyrics and videos and movies and shows that corrupt our thinking like your brain is so powerful because your brain feeds your heart and your heart takes you places and so as you're listening to you know your favorite hip-hop song or whatever it is and you're learning to objectify women like you are not immune to that you will objectify women if you do that like you you have to be careful what you feed your brain because your brain feeds your heart and your heart takes you places proverbs 4:23 says above all else guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life everything you do flows from it and that's true i found that to be absolutely true yeah that's so true i do think we have such a such a generation like you said of passivity and of apathy and you know, even, you know, when it comes down to women, it's solely based on Snapchat and, you know, these super secular things that don't, um, you know, that, that, that don't lead towards good, healthy fruit and relationships. And, you know, not even for someone to get the opportunity to boast in, but, um, you know, I feel like if you look in our world, there are, you know, a ton of obviously awful things that, you know, are, are happening, um, and there doesn't, there honestly does not have to be anything. Um, but like, like, I, like, I, like I was saying, like, what are maybe just one thing that you look at, um, you know, at, 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 at roughly our generation that whether it's, you know, newly married, married, you know, young single, that you feel like guys in this age spectrum are doing well. Yeah, man. I think that I think the generation coming up is uh, they they want to do something bigger than themselves. I'm hopeful. Like people are talking about, you know, new new uh, statistics came out last week that you know the America has the the least amount of believers and the most people leaving the faith and non-religious affiliate. And uh, I look at the next generation and I still have hope because I see this desire uh, in them to do something that serves the world and makes the world a better place and sometimes it's misplaced like sometimes it gets distracted or or it's as simple as like recycling or global warming or whatever that is but but if you can take that and you can you can feed that the reality that the world as we know it is temporary and there's really this eternal world that's going to last forever and and i see when young adults get that man something comes alive in them and they live a life that matters beyond our little 76 years or 80 years on this earth and so i i really am hopeful i think there's a the, there's a lot that guys are doing right um i think that the next generation is um you know is is smart in the way that it earns money and so like the boomers older generation is saying hey you guys don't know how to work hard and maybe they're right. That might be a fair generalization because we don't love to like, you know, lift, do heavy lifting, and and just shovel dirt. But they they work smart. I mean, they'll go, they'll start a GoFundMe and and raise a million dollars, or Indiegogo, or you know, crowdsourcing, or go on Shark Tank and come up with something. You know, they're they're buying uh, cryptocurrency, and so I just I do see like a savvy. Uh, investor mentality, NFTs, whatever the meta, whatever it is, like the next generation, they're figuring it out, and um, and so I think that's that, those would be the two things that come to mind as I see this like 
this craftiness, this smartness, uh, smartness, this intelligence in them. Um, and I see a, a desire in their hearts to do something that is bigger than, than their existence. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I do, I, you know, I agree with, I agree with all those things. And I'm thankful that, that you were able to also challenge us with that, but also, um, you know, also get to speak into, in, in, into someone who's, who's listening. Um, and I do think that, like I said earlier, that I do think that there are some um, married couple or married men that are, you know, that are tuning in and that are listening. Um, and as you said earlier, or you're a husband and you're a father, and like you said, you have three children. Um, what are some ways that you lead your family and that you train your kids up to up to follow Jesus? Kind of, you kind of asked me that question with honey. Um, but what are some ways that that you help train them to to follow God? Yeah, so Monica and I, you know, we are we couldn't be more different. I'm six seven, she's five two. You know, uh, I'm I'm love guns, motorcycles, and the USC, and she loves you know puppies and babies and you know cute things, and uh, and so we're pretty complementary. She's a planner. She's a planner. Like so, she was a teacher. You know, kindergarten teacher of the year. Uh, she's amazing at just like having a plan. Like you know, in, at Christmas time, we did the 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 nativity we did the you know advent season every day kind of working up to that uh, my skill set is more making those moments teachable and so looking for those reactionary moments where i'm just like hey come here hold on let's learn everything we can from that you know going to see a movie saying all right what is what are two truths from that movie that are consistent with the character of god what's something you saw in that movie that's a lie you think the enemy might work in to deceive us and to move us toward the uh, away from the things of the kingdom and so just to ask those questions to make the most of drive time and so as i take my girls to school uh, we'll go over proverbs 423 proverbs 3 uh, proverbs 3130 matthew 633 first peter 5 7 uh, ephesians 629 and so those are our memory verses that i'm just you know trying to saying hey what is this kind of sword drill if you will because i want to send them in armed man it, it is you know two two of my kids go to public school and it's a battlefield man uh the enemy is there alive and present and trying to drag them away and and i you know i wrote a book on dating and so i'm i'm all about relationships and 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 trying to help people build healthy relationships and so we talk a lot about that as my girls get to an age where guys take interest in them and are starting to ask them out and you know their school dances and all of that uh, we're trying to navigate that so to give them a, what i call a biblical worldview so that they would see the world through the lens of the scripture that god gave us and so we talk a lot about that yeah. as well that's awesome how 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 is that sending your kids to a public school in this day and age man it's like it's like dropping them off at sodom and gomorrah on some days i feel yeah. like you know and so it's it's crazy the stuff that's ha- i mean you know people are vaping in the bathroom and kids are having sex and uh you know the the things that they'll come home that somebody said i'm just like oh you know i can like i can protect them from an r-rated movie Right, but I can't protect them from an R-rated bathroom conversation or R-rated locker room conversation that's happening. I mean, I, uh, you know, it's just like the the sexual confusion that's happening right now in 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 the public school, even in um, just like on 
uh, around their friends and whatnot. And so we just talk a lot about, you know, what is God's desire? What is his best? Why is it God's desire? Uh, like not only does he give us instruction, but all of God's instruction leads to life. Like God cannot sin against you. He's a good God and every good and perfect gift that you have comes from him, James tells us. And so like, what is it? He's not trying to rip anybody off. He wants to set us free. He's trying to lead us to freedom. Every single instruction that God gives us is for our good. And I want to make sure that they know that, believe that, and trust that. And so right now at this age, it's a lot of just, you know, repeating that and making sure that they understand yeah, it. Well, and, and I love that. And even just living a life, you know, for you and Monica, that that exemplifies that. Because I know me and Sadie have had conversations of like, all right, when she gets of age, are we going to, um, you know, send her to public school or are we going to do private school or what's that going to look like because even just the private schools man it's like you there, there's really no getting around it like it's almost like you can homeschool but then you're so sheltered and which i i don't it's, it's, it's not always a bad thing but i'm saying it does help to some extent to to be in the world not of the world because you really get a pers- it's, it's really just a perspective um we're in the world we can't avoid that yeah. right like we we woke up we're in the world but we don't want to be of the world. But we send Weston, so our son, he's the youngest, and we send him to private school. And so much of that is, like, you you know, it's a fair question to say, well, why? Some of that is just, like, when the, you know, when, when the girls were young, like, when Presley was young, she's my 14-year-old, my uh, it's like she's our only one. And so all she gets all of the attention. We're reading Bible studies. We're doing memory verses. We're teaching her Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> Not really. But uh, but but we're you know saturating her in the Word of God, as as the the third one comes, and now we're just busy. You know, it's we're still trying to do that. We're still doing that in car rides, but not as much. And so he goes to a Christian school, where he's and we're not trying to outsource discipleship, but we are trying to like add to uh, what we're doing. You know, through that and 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 I think from an education perspective. Uh, he benefits from just a, a more attention um, and maybe needs that more from an education standpoint. But you're, it, it's, a, it's a real thing to think about and, and everyone needs to, to consider. I think after COVID, you know, what I see a lot is more, more and more people are homeschooling mm-hmm. too, which is interesting. Yeah, because I mean, at some point you're going to get thrown in it, you know. It's really just a matter of, you know, what age that's going to happen. Um, because it is, man, it's just, you know, like you said, we we live in such a, you know, sexualized and, you know, sensualized and just all these just depraved world. And it, and it only it's just looked like it's it only just looks like in, in some areas, especially the the schooling that is kind of teetering more, you know, towards that towards that side of, you know, these things happening at a younger age. Um, and it's just super sex. And I know that we've had plenty of conversations about that. And we're like, we're still just not quite sure where where she will land yet um but it is such a real thing and such a scary thing and all you can do is pray for it and just hope that you know that you've lived out an example that you know that they'll follow yeah man for sure well so i know we're getting a little long here so i I want to wrap us up soon but um just to say this has been so encouraging i know that um as we had a conversation leading up to it that it would be far more uh about faith than about fitness which 
I actually enjoy talking about faith a lot more than fitness, actually. Um, so this has been awesome just to get to talk to you about that. But um, one of the state or two of the staples of this podcast are a physical challenge and a spiritual challenge that I want to, um, you know, just keep this theme, you know, when, when, whenever someone hears this podcast throughout this week, I'm going to go challenge myself with doing something, or I'm going to go encourage, uh, or no, I'm going to go encourage somebody and then they're going to challenge themselves to go do this physical challenge. But more than that, I want you to actually look at something spiritual and I want you to really look at, look at that far more than you look at the physical uh, endeavor and really challenge yourself to go out and do that spiritually for this week. And if you keep a routine of that, that's awesome. So uh, that's kind of the staple of this podcast. I kind of gave you a little prep for that. But uh, what, what would be a physical challenge and a spiritual challenge that you would have me and the listeners go out and do this week? All right, let's go. So my my um, my physical challenge is so every day I do push-ups. You know, that's that's a uh, um, that's something I can do, you know, without you know, being in the gym. And so if I haven't done them before I get in bed, if I'm ever getting, if I'm going to get in bed, then I do my push-ups. if, if I haven't done them throughout the day. Right. So I just make sure I have at least some physical activity. And so my physical challenge is I want all of, of your uh, viewers, listeners to do uh, push-ups to the point of failure. And so to see how many you can do until you just, you know, collapse on the floor. So that's my physical challenge. Okay. Love it. Love it. All right. F- uh, spiritual challenge is uh, there's, you know, several scriptures that I, I mean, I don't have the, and I'm, I'm not, I don't mean this boastfully at all. People will say, well, how do you memorize a scripture? And I always say, I live in it, right? Because I'm teaching it. I'm always in it all the time. So I don't have a, a Bible open right now as I, as I'm, as I'm reciting verses, they're just verses that I've lived in. And one of those was Romans uh, chapter 12, verses one and two. So Romans 12, one and two, I would challenge your listeners to memorize that verse. And it's kind of a complicated verse to memorize, but I just, I, I've I've gotten a return from that. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that's Romans 12, 1 and 2. I challenge your listeners to memorize that along with doing as many push-ups as they can. Beautiful. Well, maybe maybe we can uh, maybe we can learn to recite that verse while we're doing our push-ups. That's right. It could be a, yeah, it could be a so. simultaneous thing. Yeah. And um, I, I will. Thank you so much. And I want them to leave in the reviews uh, how many push-ups you think Christian Huff can do. And so, what do you think his number is? And then you got to let them know uh, after this releases how many you got. I want to I want to know how many you can do until failure. I will let you know. It probably won't be as many as you think, but I'll let you know. And and you guys cast your bets. Who can do more, me or him? Uh, Because it's going to be a contest. Shall we put something on the line? Like, should we like bet something? Is that okay? I know we're both fathers of Jesus, but is it? Yeah, we can we can we can bet something. What do you want to bet? Like dinner or something? You know, a a steak dinner. Steak dinner. You win. You pay. I win. I pay. Whoever does the most push-ups. I like that. And, and, and we'll coordinate it next time we're both in Dallas together. I like that. Absolutely. Count on it. We'll do it. Hey, they, these push-ups have to be below parallel. This, this, this can't oh, be man, none now of those. You, oh, now you're making the rules. See, this is, this is, what, these cross, <laughs> they have to, this is what these CrossFit guys do, man. They, they start, oh, to be man, a legitimate the, the half Murph, you got to have a 20-pound West. I get it, man. Okay, whatever. A, le- a legitimate push-up. 
Well, dude, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been just such an encouraging conversation. I love having you on. So I'm, I'm so excited for this to go out. And I really think that it's going to impact a lot of people and just really, um, you know, help them take inventory of their life and really challenge where they're at spiritually. So thank you so much, dude. My joy, brother. I'm, I'm proud of you. Always encouraged by you, man. Keep, keep loving your wife well, man. Cherish her. And, uh, and yeah, I hope, I, hope uh, I can't wait to share this with everyone. Let me know when it comes out. I'm going to tell everybody about awesome. it. I will. Awesome, man. Thank you so much.